Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach the show by emailing us, championshiproundtable at gmail.com. I'm Russ Goldman, the host of Cottage Talk, a podcast about Foam Football Club, and you can reach me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman or at the show Twitter page, Cottage Talk. And I'm James Evans. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter on, at Jimmy Evans. I also run uh, We Are QPR TV, which is WQPR TV on Twitter. And there's a, a, you know, a YouTube channel as well. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start on making the rounds where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. We'll start with you, Russ. You became the first team to lose to Gianfranco Zola's uh, Birmingham uh, after having a man sent off. So we'll start there. Um, what are your thoughts on Fulham at the moment? Because for me, they're a team that I think should be in the playoffs this season. They're one of the best teams I, I've watched and I've seen them a few times. And a lot of other people hold that view, but they're just keep having these losses and weird results that have prevented them from going into the top six. The the best way to describe form right now is uh, consistently inconsistent. That would be the best way to talk about them. Uh, they take one step forward, one step back. It just keeps going on like that. They cannot get on a winning streak. And uh, they actually did something the other night, Wednesday, when they played Burn Albion. They beat a team that put basically everyone behind the ball and they found a way to win. Uh, that's been something that they've been struggling to do. And they did that. They got the 2 no victory. So I thought they have gotten over this type of uh, match where that they could could really beat a team that that was going to try to frustrate them. Uh, well, then comes playing John Franco Zola's uh, Birmingham City, and uh, not they didn't do that, but they frustrated us. And then the match changes with the with the sending off of the red card. Everything changed at that point. Uh, we, we were we were actually just really starting to get a foothold into the match. So that's the unfortunate part of that. And that's really the situation with Fulham. We play a very good brand of football. We can be dominating at times. But uh, as James will attest, when teams know how to play us and frustrate us, they can make it difficult on us. QBR did that. They did a very good job of doing what you need to do against Fulham, not let us play, get in our faces. And that's a little bit of what Birmingham City did. Uh, and unfortunately for Fulham, the red card changes the game, and and we continue to be this consistently inconsistent team. It's funny because this morning I, I watched a, an interview with Kevin McDonald, uh, phone player, talking about the match. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, and he was then talking about, you know, once we get to the top six, you know, um, I think we can stay in the top six. He was asked that. But my question is, can they get into the top six? Because until you have a consistent run, uh, you're not going to get there, and that's the problem because there are many teams that are fighting for that sixth place, and Fulham are just one of them. We play a very attractive brand of football, but we don't know how to get out a win, really. Uh, they did it once, but they need to consistently do it. And um, 
that is that to me is the story of foam season is that uh, when teams let them play, like when we play Newcastle again, it's going to be a very good game. But when a team really tries to game plan against us, that's when we struggle. They need to figure that one out. Yeah, I'm just looking at the league table now. You're six points behind Sheffield Wednesday. You've got a game in hand on a few teams up there, but the gap between you and sort of Leeds, Huddersfield and Reading is quite a lot. And, you know, it is. Reading, is, we'll come on to this a bit later, but Reading are the team that I think may drop out of that top six, but for Fulham to get above them, it's going to take quite a, you know, run of results. You've got Nottingham Forest and Wigan in, in your next two games. That's two winnable games that you'd yes. hope would push you up the table. But what are your current thoughts on sort of where Fulham are? Because, you know, you've got, you've got a good goal difference, the third best goal difference in the league. You're, you're in uh, the fifth round of the FA Cup. You've got a nice uh, draw against Tottenham. And and you've massively improved since last season, it, even if maybe you don't get in that playoff spot. You know, you're going in the right direction. So there seems to be progression. But, you know, it's weird that they're just not closer to that top six for me. Are, are you sort of happy with how the season's going? or because I mean, it, it looks it looks okay on the face of it. It's it just, does. You just need that one run of form that will carry it does. to that top, top six. See, Jake, you nailed it. They've not had a run, and that's the problem. Until they get that run, we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing, being consistently inconsistent. I'm happy with the improvement. Um, you know, after two years of of fighting relegation battles and then being the season before getting relegated, this is a breath of fresh air. The issue that we're all having because we're complaining, you know, uh, we see the difference. We see the type of football that they're playing, but we've gotten a taste of it. Now we want to be in the top six. We want to be fighting for promotion and uh, because we see what everyone else is seeing and they're just not they're just not getting there. And that's that's the frustrating point. So am I happy with the improvement? Absolutely. But I think that they are that they are really not playing to their capability. That's the part that's driving us all crazy because they can do better. And uh, we see the improvement, but, you know, we we want more. We've gotten the taste and we want the top six. Yeah, that's that's a fair reflection. I think if I was a Fulham fan, I, I'd want that top six too. And, and there's plenty of time still to go. You know, Fulham have got 17 more games. If you sure. if you win 10 of those even and get a few draws, you're going to be well in, in the mix if, if you know, so we'll see how that goes. But we'll move on to you now, James, and QPR, who I guess Fulham might be an example of what you want QPR to do in the next few seasons, to move away from, from that bottom sort of six and move into that top 10. Um, so what are your thoughts on this week, Bean? Because there's been a steady improvement from QPR in recent weeks. You know, you had that big winning loss under Ian Holloway, but I watched you against Newcastle and you were very good, I thought. And, and I was slightly surprised that you went and lost to Blackbird. But I guess you probably say that's, that's a week of being a QPR fan. So how do you reflect on the week? Yeah, thanks, Jake. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're bang on there. That's the week of being a QPR fan. If you go back to the game before against Burton um, that, you know, Fulham dealt with, I mean, we were just, yeah, we're, we're, I wouldn't say we're also inconsistent. We're just a massive work in progress. Um, and Holloway's had to ship out a lot of people and brought some of his own guys in. Um, the game against Newcastle, I mean, we, we beat Reading away. And I think um, only Villa had got points at the Majeski before us. Um, so we now had to set up and, and kind of frustrate and stifle teams a little bit and be quite good on the counter. And it, it was a crazy game, uh, to para- the, the Newcastle one, to paraphrase. Jez Harrod, somebody I follow on Twitter, he said that QP had a terrible first minute, a good good first half. Newcastle had a good second half and a terrible last minute. Um, you won't see a, a, a many a better own goal than Kieran Clark. I, 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 I won't lie, Jake, I laughed because uh, it just seemed to be kind of 
<laughs> in the bag and then QPR do what they classically do and I think I think I don't I think we've lost both games to Blackburn this season who are you know they bottom three they they've been lower than us most of the season it's 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 a classic QPR result although that being said we're a, how the Connor Washington header which was you know so far over the line it wasn't even on the grass it was on the weird bit of grass in the goal wasn't given it wasn't even something fast it was a clear goal and the club had been fined as a result kind of protesting about it um but yeah i mean and now we're 19th um which is about where we are and we're gonna i mean i think we might hopefully just steer clear of a relegation battle but we haven't won for four games now so we need to pick up some more results yeah, I, I also laughed at the Kieran Clarko goal because if you don't laugh, you just got to cry at moments like that. And also, we have lost to Blackburn twice as well this season. So they've won seven times and four of those have come against our two teams, which is slightly concerning. So we might just help them stay up on our own. But, a hallmark. Um, That's a hallmark. <laughs> That is a hallmark of supporting Newcastle QPR. But um, we were, I just want to ask you about a couple of players at your club now, because there was one player that really impressed me on um, Wednesday, and that was Alex Smithies. He made some absolutely super saves at times. I think without him, we He's probably would have got that He's a great goalkeeper, by the way. Goal. I can uh, attest to that. Yeah, he was, he was excellent. I think without him, we probably would have, uh, Newcastle probably would have got the points that day. So he, he definitely got earned you that point. And then uh, I also want to ask you about R- Ravel Morrison, because I want to know your thoughts on him coming back into the club. Because obviously he's a, he's a guy with a lot of talent, but in the past, he saw his sort of off-field antics have got the better of him. So, you know, how, how far do you think Smiris will go in, and what are your thoughts on the sign of Ravel Morrison? Oh, Russ is very gracious there, there with his kind of views on Smithies. He's faced three penalties against Fulham this season. Um, <laughs> safe, safe two, and the other one hit the post. I mean, um, I was, you know, I've I've followed QPR for thirty years, and um, I, I, the last time he had a goalie this good, it was David Seaman before he left QPR to go to Arsenal. I, I honestly, God, I even hate saying this. It's sort of, I honestly think he's capable of playing for England. He's he's only he's probably only six two. Only six two. I'd love to be only six two, but um, <laughs> he's um, but you know, he's got good command of his area. He can really boot a ball. He's brave. He's quick. Um, he does. I, I don't like the way he punches for a cross that or, or a corner occasionally. That, if anything, is about it. But you know. I think he's signing a new contract and he deserves that. He got 200 league games under his belt at Huddersfield before he came to us. Um, I, I, I think he's possibly the best goalie in the championship and we'd be in a worse state without him. I kind of hate saying that out loud because if anybody listens, and he, 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 he shouldn't go to a Premier League club to sit on the bench. And with Ravel, uh, well, with Ravel, Jake, we had him before and he, you know he scored a few vital goals in that season that... Um, Harry Redknapp, all my knees hurt, got us promoted. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see what he can do. And if, you know, he seems to be a bit of a fruit loop. And if there's a if there's a fruiter, fruitier, loopier manager than Ian Holloway, I'd like you to name him. Maybe those two together can sort of, you know, work magic. Because I think, honestly, on his day, he is capable of kind of winning a game the way that Adelta Rapt could win a game for QPR when he was also um, in the championship. Yeah, he is, cra- he is crazy, though. Sorry. He's <laughs> absolutely crazy, though. Yeah, I, I really hope it works out for him because, you know, he's had his pro- off-the-field problems, but he, he is, whenever I've watched him play, he's very excited to watch. And I think that uh, move to QPR now, where, where they are, there's going to be little pressure on him. So, you know, or maybe not as much pressure as there was at, at, at West Ham and, and in, in Italy. Absolutely. I mean, when you think... Paul, when you think Paul Pogba looked up to this guy in when they were 
youth team players at Man United. You know, there is some talent in there. It's just whether he can just keep that head kind of screwed on and focused enough um, for his football. James, I I want to I want to share some thoughts of mine about Ian Holloway uh, after our match. Go ahead. <laughs> no, well, I'm seriously after our match. I I uh, watched him, uh, and uh, I was actually very impressed by him. And uh, this is the first time I really got to hear him talk and uh, and find out a little bit about his family and his family situation and the way that he's what he's doing at QPR changed my mind a little bit about him as a manager and. Uh, I think he's got you headed in the right direction. It, it pains me to say that, you know, being a Fulham supporter, but I actually yeah. think he has an idea of what he wants to do with you. He actually said in the interview he wants QPR to to be like Fulham, you know, to to be able to play the type of football that we're playing. And I got a funny feeling that he will eventually get you there. So my 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 thoughts on Ian Holloway have completely changed after watching that interview. Seriously. Oh, I mean. Uh... Russ, I appreciate that. Uh, it's not often you get a Fulham QPR loving like this. Um, but I mean, I've been on the, I've been on this a couple of times, and I've always heard who has impressed me in terms of, you know, footballers and Tom Kearney and recently Sonia Luco as well for Fulham. Um, but Fulham have got a lot of things in the right place. You know, they've got, you know, I think it's down, is it kind of Rains Park or something like that? They've got really good Motspur Park, really good training facility. The youth team know what they're doing, and QPR. <laughs> There's a bit of a, it's kind of, you know, it's all cardboard houses, really. You know, our, our training grounds on the end of, and the you know, where the third runway might be at Heathrow. Um, and interestingly, I heard someone describe Fulham as the Rolls Royce of the championship, which is totally how I see it. If they can kind of stop breaking down every now and then, um, then I think they can get into the top six. And with regards to Holloway, he's got us up to the championship before. And he's got two teams promoted to the Premier League. It's just... It's just whether he can sustain himself because he is he is a hundred miles an hour all of the time. But you know he's got a lot of bank, got a lot of credit in the bank with QPR fans. He played for us for five years. He's managed us for five years already when we were kind of on the brink of administration, and he had seven first team players. You know, so if anything, he's in an although it's still not great, he's in a much better position than um than he has been. And yeah, his personal life. Um, you know, he's got two two deaf daughters. Um, and. You know, it's really quite, he's, he, you know, he, he knows life. He's experienced life in Holloway. I hope he does well. I do too. When, when I heard the story about his, uh, one of his daughters giving birth, they, you know, like that just, you know, that, that, that was just so nice that he mentioned that and they were talking about it. And, uh, I wish him the best, honestly. Cheers, man. It's hard not, it's hard not to warm to him. And yeah. that I'm really, serious. Yeah. There's that really funny quote about um, when he compares pulling a lady uh, to a win and getting <laughs> her into a cab. But the reason why he did that was because uh, QPR defender Clark Carlisle, who's, you know, quite high profile these days, um, had kind of descended back into alcoholism. And he only revealed that recently is the only reason why he said this funny thing was to take deflect attention away from the fact that one of his one of his players was having a really hard time. Um, so he's, he's a good man. He's mad as well, but he's a good man. <laughs> he, he he made some interesting quotes after the Newcastle game as well, because he was talking about how, how the Newcastle supporters should, you know, should start supporting. There was a quote, he said something like, uh, he, let, let Benitez do his job, let the owners do what they're doing, let the players do what they're doing, and, and then look at your ticket. It's a supporter. You should do that. Get behind the team and stop worrying about uh, dropping points against teams like QPR, because that happens. It, it, I, I can't give full, you know, 
uh, I can't say the quote fully, but the way it, when I read it, it was really nice, and it, it was pro- it was completely correct. Like he got the Newcastle situation spot on for somebody that you know isn't at the club all the time. So that that was really nice, and I also enjoyed how he gave a, an interview while the match was still going on. That I also very that was amazing. I was like, what is going on? I've never seen that before. <laughs> I did not enjoy that. <laughs> For the <laughs> I bet you did like, not. Let him get on with his job. <laughs> I, I, I agree with James there. But yeah, moving on to Newcastle this week, we we started with that. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the transfer window because I'll, I'll get that stuff out of the way. We didn't sign anyone. Uh, the Sky Sports uh, Northeast guy said that at one point he was outside St James's Park, ready to announce Townsend, and then something switched, and then it never happened. So uh, it appears we came close to getting Andrew Townsend back, but that didn't happen, and we didn't bring anybody else in, which was a little bit disappointing because the noises from the club all month have been that we were going to get at least one player in, and, and I think Benitez expected that. He kept it even on deadline day itself. He gave his. Uh, pre-match press conference for the QPR game and he said he he expected somebody to come in that day and, and it didn't happen so that was slightly disappointing and then after after that it, it came all these rumours about Benitez and, and him possibly walking away from the club because uh, trust had been eroded with the owners he didn't get what he was promised um yeah, it was, and even and then after the QPR game, when he was asked about it, he looked visibly pissed off. He did not look happy about the whole thing. It, it, it's worrying because Mike Ashley is recently taken a bigger interest in the club. He started going to games again, and he's always there's always a possibility that he would do something stupid. But in this case, I'm not totally against the board in, in what they've done. I, th- I think they tried to get players in in January. They tried to back Benitez, but the, the Deals weren't there for for whatever reason, whether it's price. I know they looked at Kearney at Fulham. The price was too high, so they walked away from that. They uh, they tried for Townsend, but it's, it, uh, Palace tried to like switch the deal at the last minute, so they walked away from that. And then uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Chelsea didn't want to loan him out, so they tried for players. It wasn't that they weren't backing Benitez; they just weren't able to follow through. And I think all these rumours about Benitez and him possibly walking away at the end of the season, he said he won't do it this year because he said he's focused on promotion and everyone needs to get behind him and the players. I I think what he's trying to do is to make sure that his, you know, position at the club is as strong as it possibly can be going into the summer because if it is, he'll get what he wants. Um, The atmosphere yesterday at was excellent. It was it was amazing to be there. I, I, I fans are completely behind him, chanting for him uh, pretty much all game, like the Tottenham game. And I, I think it remo- it will be, you know, it, he, that's what he wanted. He wanted a message to be sent to the owners. He wanted to, he kept saying about how important it was that the fans got behind the team. And, and the message he wants to send is these these fans want me. If if you don't do what I say, you're going to have an unhappy fan base again, and you don't want that. And he, he's warned the club against making the same mistakes they made before. So I think it's a lot of politics from Benitez at the moment. I don't think he, he's, he doesn't want to walk away. I think he quite enjoys being Newcastle manager. He's got a great connection with the fans. He, he's got a, lot, a, a squad that is good for the championship, and I think would hold its own in the Premier League in its current state. And I think it would be uh, strengthened in the summer if we did go up anyway. So I think it's a lot of politics at the moment. I wouldn't be too worried if you are a Newcastle fan, I'm not worried about it too much. I think he'll probably get what he wants in the, in the summer. There was a, a story in the mirror today saying that Mike Ashley's uh, ready to give him a lot of money to spend in the summer. So I think it's all going to be fine. It's just Benitez has done this at a lot of clubs he's been at. He, he plays politics. And, you know, I, with Pardew and McLaren, we, we were disappointed they didn't stand up for themselves more. And Benitez is now doing that. So we'll see what happens. It's interesting, but is, I'm, uh, I'm is, not worried. Can I ask something random? Well, not random. It's Newcastle related. Um, is Iosi Perez as ropey as he looks that <laughs> what because there was a lot of kind of fuss and bluster about this guy and you know top clubs in the league were touting him out and 
I mean, I've seen him play more than Wednesday night, but God, he had a shocker then. Um, yeah, that, that was one of his. Not he was not great on Wednesday, but um, he was yeah, bad he, against form too. By the way, yeah, he was not great in that game either. But I think I think the problem with Perez is he's got a lot of talent, and uh, we've seen him do it in the Premier League. And so, there's some players which it's going to be a crazy thing to say, but they can't do it in the Championship. But they're more suited to the Premier League. I think I think he struggles with the the absolute physicality of the championships a lot more physical he's not getting as many fouls as he normally does and I think it's knocked him off his game somewhat when he was in the Premier League he was probably one of our best players and I know he's I think he's got so much talent I think if we go up he'll be good again next season uh working on De Benitez as well he's going to be fine he's got a lot of technical ability I think if he was in maybe if he was playing in Spain he'd be doing a lot better but yeah, I, yeah, I can see why clubs have looked at him. But he I had a shocker, like, though, didn't he? I, he did have an awful <laughs> game. I, I, I can also see why, why you two are, are sort of a bit skeptical of what you've seen of him this season because he's not been great, and there's a reason why he doesn't play most weeks. Uh, and we have Diarmi play instead. But we'll get on to, to yesterday's game now. It was, um, it was uh, on the QPR game quickly. I was disappointed to drop those points, but you know it, it happens. It was a mistake from probably Darlow. He should have. The, the communication went off on the own goal and we probably should have killed that game off before if, if Perez had done a bit better on the two chances he had could have squared it on the first one and then the second one he should have shot and, and went to square it so yeah it was it was just one of those games we, we dropped points but it was important that we got back to winning ways against Derby um we were very good in that game we we were probably the better team for 70 minutes Derby didn't didn't really have a shot in the first 70 minutes and then it was classic Newcastle where we had to try and hang on and it got a bit desperate at times. It Tom Ince had a great chance that he missed and then we had to clear one off the line. But all that mattered was that we got those three points and we did sort of, um, we had to battle for them. But I think it was a sign of a, a team that's going to get promoted that you, you eat those three, po- uh, three points out even when you're under huge pressure at the end. And it was great to see Steve McLaren come back and not get anything off us. So, yeah, that was it was good to get back to win away. We're back top of the table now because Brighton didn't win today in what was a crazy game. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident. We're, we're six points clear of Reading with a game in hand. Uh, Leeds drop points. Huddersfield, uh, you know, I think we're fine. I think it's gonna. we're not going to be winning every week now to the end of the season, but I think we should still, we've got more than enough to go up. But yeah, that brings us nicely into to the main topic for today is I just want to, ask each of you your sort of views on the table at the moment we've done this quite a lot throughout the season and it changes sort of each time we do it so just want to know what you, what you think uh, of the table at the moment and, and any changes you expect to happen either in that top six or the, or the top two or the relegation sort of zone well I'll start and I'll say that um, I think it's you know it's not a done deal but I think Brighton and Newcastle United are going to be the teams that that will end up one or two they they'll just keep going back and forth but it'll it'll, it'll be one and two for for these two teams, and then if you're looking beyond that, Jake, I think you mentioned about Reading. I, I'm there with you with Reading. Uh, I've now seen Reading a few times, and uh, I think eventually they are going to hit a rough patch and they are going to drop. Uh, I'd like to say the same thing about Leeds United because again, I just don't I, I don't see what's going on with them. I, they're they're doing the job, and Huddersfield Town are doing the job as well. But these are teams that I just think at some point they're going to hit a rough patch, but. But they haven't at this point. They're they're hanging in there. But out of, out of those teams, I think Reading is the team that could really drop out. Um, and Sheffield Wednesday is is going to be tough. And we've already been talking about it on Cottage Talk that the last match of the season is Fulham against Sheffield Wednesday on the road, and that could that could be the difference, you know, for us. And that's that's about as tough as it gets with Sheffield Wednesday. But but uh, I see the team dropping out 
I agree with you, Jake. I think it's running. Um, yeah, Jake. Uh, I was I've, when I was watching that game. I remember the QPR Reading game, um, the away game, and I had what you had in mind about the kind of the statistics about the amount of chances that they create and the goals that they're, they're likely to average per game. And yeah, without sounding like a broken record, I, I, I see why you kind of weren't buying into it. I just maybe Stam is just and to a lesser well to the same extent Monk is just getting you know a fairly average squad performing slightly above expectations. I mean, you look at you look at the uh, the championship and you look at the table at the moment, who are 7th and 8th? Norwich and Derby. I mean, Norwich only just come down and they kept with Alex Neal and he's kind of steered that ship back around again. And Derby, you know, Derby over a little bit there, they're the bridesmaids. You know, um, they've never quite recovered from when we beat them a few years ago to go back up. Um, but, they're, but, you know, they're there and they've got a very good squad um so you've got to, you've got to think how long can maybe reading stay up there and but leeds are a very big club as well and if sheffield well, sheffield wednesday signaled their intent by didn't they signed jordan Rhodes. so yeah. yeah and you know it's it's kind of unfortunately it's a fight that qpr aren't in and i wouldn't rule fulham out as well if they can sort out if they need a bit of steel fulham i think they need a bit more steel and i think if I they had a bit more steel then they would probably they could probably get into the top six. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for Reading to slowly descend. I don't want them to. I don't have much feeling either way about Reading. I mean, except for the fact that they rebanded themselves in the early 90s, called themselves the R's, started wearing hoop shirts for the first time in 115 years. But I don't have any real big feelings on them. James, um, right back to you, because we're talking about the top six. I want to get your thoughts on Brighton, because I've been going back and forth with my co-hosts on them. Uh they just find ways to win. They're, there's nothing like overly impressive uh, about them. They just, you know, they they just win. They, whatever they do, they're difficult to beat. They don't give up many goals. They're not flashy. They just get the job done. I want you. To, I, I definitely curious your thoughts on what you've seen from Brighton. Yeah, much the same. Um, actually, really annoyingly, they. We went 2 0 up, and it was a, one of Holloway's, it might have been Holloway's first game or something, uh, or first home game. And it was a real kind of, real show of, oh God, look at this, look at this, this is fantastic from QPR. And then Brighton just completely dug it out and got and got two goals, and it was a draw. I think they really oh, they embody what their manager, Chris Hewton, is. Chris Hewton should be really having a crack at a Premier League team. You know, he's, he's an underrated manager, um, and everything. A bit like Fulham, but further down the road, Brighton have got a lot of things set up, but then they've just they've got some hard, hard-nosed people like Lewis Duncan, and then in you know Anthony Knockhart, they've got some they've got some people with some caliber, but I think they've also that manager, they've just got a lot of things going for them, um, and they've been there. They I hate the phrase there or thereabouts when it's associated with football. It's like saying someone's a top top player. What what does that mean? But Brighton have been in this scenario before and I think that that only bodes well and I, I, I'd like to see him go up more for, just as much for Hewton uh, as it is you know there's that's quite a well supported club for that uh, that part of the country yeah my I sort of have similar thoughts on Brighton I, I, today I think sort of ept, uh, sort of showed what they're about more than anything they were 2-0 down conceded a penalty David Stockdale saved I think what is his third penalty in a row then they got back to 2 all went down again in stoppage time and got back. They just refused to go away. They've just got that fighting spirit and they know how to sort of get results. And I think that 
I'm sort of siding towards them to win the league because uh, at the moment I'm not totally convinced as, uh, t- uh, about Newcastle as somebody that can win the league. But Brighton, I think, have got more about them. I think they know what they're doing. Chris Hewton is experienced in the division. They've probably got, for me, the best starting eleven in the championship. I think they don't have the biggest squad as what we have, but I think that their starting eleven work very well together. They know what they're doing. Uh, they're difficult to beat. I, I think the only concern I have about them is if people watch that Huddersfield game because Brighton are very much a counter-attacking team. They get a lot of their goals on the counter-attack. They like to sit deep, sort of take pressure and then hit them on the break and they're excellent at doing that through like knockout on the wing. I think Mur- uh, Murphy plays quite a lot and you've got players like that. Norwood can pick a pass. They've got some really good players for that counter-attack. It's it's when teams sit off them and let them have the ball um, uh, and maybe... Uh, press high and, and when they and when Brighton get it press high and, and win the ball back quickly is as teams that's when they'll struggle in it. In Huddersfield, I think Brighton only had two shots during the game. They were absolutely destroyed. And it was and that's the concern I have. If people watch that game and sort of see how to play against them, there's you know, I think there's gonna be a concern for them in that regard. And also the fact that they've last season they sort of choked it at the end. Um they had the chance to win the league and I think they dropped points against Derby, I think, who who weren't really. They were, I think they were just mid table. They weren't really doing a lot. So, you know, they had the chance last season. And if 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 that gap between them and and Huddersfield or them and Reading, them and Leeds closes, I fear that they may choke it at the end, just because that's what they did last season. It's always fresh in the memory. But at the moment, they're looking strong. Uh, and the result today, it, even though it's a draw, like the the effect that will have on the, sort of their confidence and the mentality is so much bigger than a win. I think that's to to draw that game today when they probably shouldn't have is so much bigger than than what a win can be sometimes. So, yeah, I, I think them to, them and us will probably go up in those top two. I agree that Reading. I I expect them to drop out of it, even though they've got a ten point gap at the moment. They've played one more game than a lot of other teams, but they've got a ten point gap on that on Norwich in seventh. I still expect to see them dropping down the table. I I, I just think. They've had a lot of luck. They've had a lot of penalties. Uh, a lot of um, teams have missed good chances against them. They have two good players, like Kermigan and McCleary, are very good at, at finishing, and I think that helps them out a lot. That when they do get chances, they take them. I I just not totally convinced by them. Uh, I can put. I I I've, I've always thought Fulham were, were one of the better teams in the division, uh, but. I think that gap is getting too big, and that's a little concern for me. Well, that's the issue for us, you know, is that the gap. The gap is, you know, we just see sixth, but I also see an opportunity with Reading. So so maybe there are a couple of places. But uh, this goes back to what you guys were saying, you know, when we're talking about Brighton. Brighton have what Fulham need. They 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 don't have that that uh, that extra gear, that, that ability to find a way to win that Brighton do. And uh, that's what they're missing. You know, you really can't quantify what it is. It's just that they don't have, they don't have that ability to uh, to win when when you really are not supposed to, or get points think, when you're not supposed to. Sorry, Russ. I think it's not not that I know, but for for okay. for how I see it, like it's know how. You know, you got quite. I mean, quite a young squad at Fulham. Average yeah. age is quite young, and Experience. not that you. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it, it is that. You know, and if it kind of you know experience does teach you. You know, I mean. I it's, Parker doesn't feature much anymore, does he? No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, and I mean, what you need is, you know, imagine if you had Scott Parker from six years ago in that team. Oh. Um, well, that, well, that it's one or two, yeah. one or two players that just have that bit of have that bit of grit. You see, you see in a lot. Of, you, it's weird. You always see it in a lot of sides which have finesse, you know, 
um, Fulham have plenty of finesse. And I think you do, unfortunately, to grind it out, sometimes you don't need glamorous players. Yeah, the, the one thing I would that's say, a great point. Uh, it's a great uh, point. It really is because the one thing that 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 uh, one of my co-hosts brought up is that they're missing leadership on the pitch. Now, Kevin McDonald could be that fiery leader. They don't have that Danny Murphy. That's what they're missing. Yeah, uh, for for from a Newcastle point of view, just to to bring it from from what I've seen from us this season. Yeah, Daryl Murphy. I mean, I've t- spoken about him on this podcast before. He he was. That wasn't the most popular signing, as you would expect. You know, from a Premier League club, we've been in Premier League for quite a long time. We've been linked. We've been linked with players like Alexandre Lacazette, who's one of the, sort of one of the best strikers in Europe, who's who's you know available. We've been linked with him for a long time. And when we got relegated, we, we signed Daryl uh, Murphy, and it was very underwhelming. But he's come in and he's he got us he got us a win at Brentford. He, he scored against Rotherham. He scored in the FA Cup. Like he he knows what to do, and I think he that he's. He he, he's there literally just just to get us off this season. And yeah. Rafa knows he can bring him in, and he'll do all right. And that that's a is he's getting that experience. And, and Brighton have it this season in Glen Murray. Last season they maybe lacked that up front, but they've got it in Glen Murray this season, and they're doing so much better for it. Uh, so yeah, it's, Q- it's a good point. QPR five six years ago had Hyder Helgeson. I mean, you wouldn't Hyder right. Helgeson wouldn't be on the top of people's shopping lists. But man, that guy that guy was an absolute grafter, and he yeah. could finish. And he's right. a perfect focal point, especially in a championship team. I guess that's what uh, Fulham tried to do with Chris Martin. So, and, and, uh, maybe his spell out, did, did his spell out of the team when he was sort of looking to go back to Derby, did that affect Fulham's form at all? It did. It did. Yeah. It, it, it totally did. I'm, I'm being honest here. You know, uh, that whole situation uh, has been a little bit of a drain. Uh, you know, the players have been professional, but the problem that, that Fulham have, you know, here we are, we're talking about what they're missing, what they're, you know, what he provides is something that they desperately needed. And that was a focal point that central hub, because he fits the way Jokanovic wants to play so well. So that's why this was such a battle to hold on to him, because we know what it's like when he's not in there. Um, everything, it, it, it's like having an engine and missing a part to the engine. He was that part that made everything go. Uh, and you take him out of it, and it just doesn't run the same way. So that's why Fulham desperately wanted to hold on to him. Plus, they didn't want to make their rival better. You know, I mean, and that's something that has always bothered me about this Chris Martin situation. Do you think Fulham are stupid? Do you think that they want to make their one of their top rivals stronger? And, uh, you know, and th- you know, for that reason alone, I wouldn't have let him go back to Derby County. But the bigger point was that he offered something that fits so well into the system. And uh, when he was out, Jake, that's when we started to struggle again. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, watching Derby yesterday, I think that if they had Chris Martin, they'd be a much better team. They would. They would be. I know they've got David Nugent. I'm not sure what's going on with him. He didn't play yesterday. So, but he's maybe a little bit older than Chris Martin. He doesn't, he's, Probably he'd probably be fine for for what Darwin needs at the moment, but I right. don't think he's quite quite Chris Martin. So I think that was good that Fulham managed to keep him. Yep. On Derby, I thought they were all right yesterday. They, you know, I think they were just. I think it's just the difference in quality showed. I think we we dominated the, most of the game and and they were okay. They they showed chances, but they the thing is if you, when you come to Newcastle this season, like if if you 
like for any team in the league when you get a good chance like you're more than likely going to get a a chance at some point because we're we're not totally great at not conceding chances but when you get those chances you have to take them and Tomins had one yesterday he didn't take it and that's why they didn't get anything from the game um so it's it's I, I think maybe they lack that little bit of quality uh McLaren's done very well to get them where they are from where they were but I don't think they're going to finish in the top six I think Sheffield Wednesday for me are probably the third best team in the league from from what I think uh, of them they've got had a lot of draws if, if only like three two or three of those draws had been turned into wins they'd be in a much better position uh Louis who came on a few weeks ago was talking about how uh draws in this league are, are, are no good uh, and that if if you're you, you need to like push for those wins because the, a point doesn't do much for you in this league. You need wins, and it's better to go out and lose a lose a game looking for the win and maybe win the next one than it is to get two draws. So uh, I that's think that's a very good, that's been, a very good point. That's it is a very yeah. good point because if we we've only drawn two games and we've lost seven, but and, and teams uh, and some of our fans are thinking we we lose too many games. But we win a lot of games as well. So it sort of negates the losses. Because if, if we'd sort of had five draws and two less win, uh, three less wins and two two less losses, you know, we'd be in a lot worse position than we are. So Great it's point. much better to go for those wins. And I think that's why, Le- why Leeds are maybe where they are. They've had 10 losses, but they've also won 17 and, and they're in a strong position. And, so and we have a ton of draws. So that, this kind of makes sense. Yeah, if, you, if you'd have turned three or four of those draws into wins. No, Jake, you're right. Exactly. Uh, Louis, I think when Louis made that point, I'd never thought of it. I was like, that's such no, a good point. it makes sense. It does. It is. He, he said he, he wants Wednesday to look for those wins rather than getting the draws. And, and <laughs> I like it. It, it is. And they signed two strikers in, in January. They got John Rhodes. They got um, yep. Sam Winnell as well, who, who was doing very well at Barnsley. So I, I think they're probably going to get... I, um, just very briefly on Jordan, uh, Jordan Rhodes. I, um, I, I call... Excuse me here. I call him... Um, JVP Jordan Van Persie because there is <laughs> there is something about him that reminds me completely of Van Persie but That's like funny. the championship version the next time you watch him his movement the, just the way he holds he retains the way he goes past players his positioning his build he is like a budget he's probably like Van Persie now maybe oh. <laughs> um but sorry so he's always known as JVP <laughs> in in the Evans household That's um funny. <laughs> Quickly, I, I, I'm probably not going to move on to. I'm just going to ask you about one team, uh, Aston sure. Villa. I want to know your thoughts on them because, for me, I think it's very funny that they've spent so much money and they keep losing and drawing matches. I think they lost to Forest just in the last minute, and Forest are an absolute shambles this season. So that was a, a bad loss. And I, I think you talk about the gap for Fulham, and I think Aston Villa had playoff ambitions during January, and that's why they brought in the players they did. And I think they're way off the pace there's no way they're going to get in those top six so i just yeah. want to know what you think of villa because obviously they've spent a lot of money they've got a new owner who, who's sort of a little bit embarrassing on twitter and maybe doesn't know football as well as other owners in the league and they've got steve bruce a, a good manager a, a very expensive school what, what are your thoughts on them going forward do you think do you think that maybe they've overdone it this season and that could affect them in the future because I, I think maybe fulham had a similar problem with mccormack so the, totally totally you know it's funny because we were just talking about him and uh because uh, some of the co-hosts were complaining, you know, listen, we, you know, where's our ambition? Why are we signing Jordan Rhodes? And I brought up McCormack. And the problem with McCormack is that they spent the majority of their money w- once they got relegated on McCormack. And when you do that uh, and you don't really get the right players around him, it, it, it really wasn't enough. He wasn't the player. He wasn't that one player to put them over the top to get them back to the Premier League. That was the mistake they made. When I look at Villa, you can spend all this money, 
But if all the pieces don't fit together and work together as a team, it doesn't matter. They look like strangers out there. I watched the Brentford match, and I got to tell you, they looked horrible. And then I, you know, and then everyone says, "Well, just give this team a, a, a chance to to gel together." Okay, it might happen, but right now they're just they're just a bunch of big name players, and it just isn't working for me. I want the right players. I don't care how much money Fulham spend. If you give me four players that are that are that are not that expensive but fit a job. Give them to me. That's what I, I want a team that all the pieces fit together. That's what that's what I think Slavisa is building. You know, it's not always about the big name. And I think Aston Villa are looking at the big name, the, the marquee signings. Marquee signings don't always work out. They really don't. I've got yep. some experience of marquee signings <laughs> for not, not working out. Uh, sorry, Jacob, I jumped in there just before you. Um, but I mean, what's what's really weird? I just double checked this. We go back, go back six years, and Villa finished sixth in the Premier League for the third season in a row. Yeah, they were and doing it's, great. It's just there's obviously big, big issues at that club. Oh, totally. Uh, I mean, it's I've been I've been to Villa Park. It's a great it's a great old stadium. I mean, they are one of like aren't they one of the founding teams? You know, they're 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 they are a decent size. They're a big club. You know, um, they should they, they shouldn't be wallowing in the middle of the division. I think, to be honest, I can't see him doing anything this year. But Steve Bruce knows how to get pe- teams out of this, so I think you only really see what he might be capable of with them next season now, because it might be a little bit too late. It is funny seeing how much they've squandered, and it does show go to show you that. I mean, who? How, how surprised would you be if the championship became rebranded as uh, PL2? You know, it wouldn't. I'm actually. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't bother. Like, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest, um, because the amount of money uh, floating about is is incredible. And I think about a team like Cardiff who are struggling, like QPR, another team that's been in Premier League recently, um, and they got a manager that has know how, but because he's not got any money to spend, um, I wouldn't really say Warnock's past it. He's a promotion specialist. It just shows the strength of the league these days. Very strong. Extremely strong. Yeah, I, I saw somebody the, the other day who I disagreed with on Twitter saying it was a weak championship this season. I, I no. think it's the complete opposite. I think it's so strong. The fact that Aston Villa, where they are, haven't spent the amount of money they have, literally displays that. And I think Norwich's struggles on, uh, show that as well. They, they've they sort of got back on it recently, but they had a terrible run. And the thing with Villa, it's not like they've bought bad players and, and they've focused on one position. They've got... You know they got Codger in the summer. They got McCormack. They, they this month they got Horahan who who done excellently at Barnsley. And in defence they'd had Chester and Elphick. Like they've brought in good players. I think I think the thing with Villa this year is they've all come in this year. It's sometimes it has to be a slow rebuild rather than an instant one. And I think that I think they'll be fine. Like the players they've brought in are good. They're not bad players. They're, and it's not like they've brought in foreigners either. They've brought in players that know the league. It's just they've brought in so many of them. It's so difficult to get them performing instantly. But I think next year they're going to be one to watch to maybe win the league. I, I'm for I think they'll that maybe next year. But this year it's just not going. I think so too. I think so yeah. too, Jake. Uh, but quickly on the relegation battle, is, is there anything you want to say on that? Do you, do you think maybe uh, the three that are in want, there, any of them are going to get out? Clear of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bristol City were concerning until yesterday when, they, well, I mean, they beat Rotherham. I mean, it's not great. It's not, it's not really something to hang your hat on, but I guess it stops their, the amount of losses they had been having. But yeah. Um, I, I mean, we, it's, it's, no, sorry, Jake, sorry. I, I'm, I've seen this probably more of an expert at the relegation 
uh, out of you guys because yeah, you know I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, you know what's really frustrating and keeps everyone in it is everyone takes points of everyone else. You know, we we lost the Rotherham. I would say we are kind of we we are flirting with a relegation battle. I'm hoping we'll just about avoid it. Um, but so, like you know, but we lost the Bur- so we lost the Rotherham, Blackburn, and Burton. That is worrying form. All of those teams are still below us, and we're 19th. And that is what's happening. And I think that happens a lot in the championship. The teams that are near each other do take points off one another and sort of basically don't help anybody else. And then it keeps on going along, which goes back to that point that Luis made about a point being really useless. Um, it's a good point. I mean, you, 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 thanks. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to worry. Um, the, the team that really can't, you've got to say Rotherham have got a bit of a gap now, but you've got to worry of Forest. You know, Forest going down to the third tier. Um, that is, they, they'll lose some. They'll they'll lose their bigger players unless they can manage to kind of persuade them to just go for a quick push back up to the championship. But I'm, um, I mean, I, I'm hoping that they do go down because QPR have never won a city ground in all of uh, QPR's existence. Wow. So being a team for us not to play, Wigan are the one that I think could maybe get out of that bottom three. But I mean, they, I, I, I actually agree there, there, Jake. I I agree with you, but. But going back to uh, to James's take here, what's interesting talking about flirting with uh, with relegation because Fulham dealt with that the last two seasons. It's it, it's where you are, James. It's the six points. That's what drives you nuts. It's like okay, you're not far enough away, and then it just it it just never that gap doesn't get large enough for for you to get out of it. And it's it really is about flirting with relegation rather than actually being relegated. That's the thing that drove me nuts the last two years, James. I mean, who wants to flirt with relegation as well? I mean, it's horrible. You know, it's, I'd flirt with the playoffs. I mean, that's a bit disappointing, <laughs> but it's something to aim for, right? You know, but you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to flirt. Oh, God, I feel like I'm turning into Ian Holloway with this <laughs> weird parlance. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And to, to kind of put it into context, if we'd beaten, if we'd have beaten Blackburn yesterday, instead of being six points, we would have gone. What nine points? Right. Um, and then that's that's you know then respectable mid-table side. Instead, it's the other way around. And I do, yeah, I do think Wigan have got something about them as well. Um, and I've never been sure about Owen Coyle, despite the fact that he always seems to get one over QPR. I've never been sure about Owen Coyle's kind of managerial abilities, and although he's uh, um, Blackburn, so I do still fear for them. Yeah, so quick, quickly before we we move on into player watch, do you want to just give your sort of top six and bottom three at the moment? Starting with me? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'm going to start with uh, top six would be Newcastle, Brighton. Is this by the end of the season? Yeah. It, you okay. don't have to give it an order, just sort of the top okay. two. And the, okay, the fine. Okay. New, Newcastle, Brighton. I'm going to go with Sheffield Wednesday, Weeds. That's four. And I'm going to say Derby County. And yes, I'm going to say Fulham. I'm going to say Fulham going to end in fifth because that was my prediction at the beginning of the season. I'll probably be wrong, but... That's going to be my top six. The three relegated, I'm going to go with Rotherham United, Blackburn Rovers, and Burton Albion. James? Yeah, sorry, Jake. Um, um, so, free to go down. I agree Agree with Russ, uh, hopefully. Um, so, and then, and then the top six, yeah, um, Newcastle and Brighton. And I, I think it could be either of those teams to win it. Uh, I, I can't see Wednesday moving. 
uh, Huddersfield continue to surprise. So I do think they'll be there. And then one of Fulham, Norwich and Derby to, to replace to replace um, Leeds and Reading, I think. I, I think Leeds might drop out of it. That's an interesting take. I mean, for me, it's Newcastle Brighton top two. Um, I'm not too bothered about winning it. I mean, there's not too many advantages. Of course, I'd love to, but it's, that's not really that important. It's a promotion. Then I agree on Huddersfield. I think, you know, they've impressed. They've beaten Leeds and um, Brighton in the last week. So it's difficult to see them not finishing there, really. They seem to be hitting form. I think Leeds will stay there. Um, I think Sheffield Wednesday will be there. And I think it could be... I'd love Fulham to get in there. The Fulham are the team I really want to get in there. I just think that <laughs> the gap between them and Reading is so big that it's difficult to get over Reading and Reading are the team I expect to drop out. So I know. Um, I think I'm going to go Derby. I think their squad's probably okay. good enough to get them there. But uh, And the bottom three, I'll, I'll, I'll say the same. Oh, no, I, I think it'll stay as it is. I mean, I think Wigan have got enough to get out of it, but I don't think they will. I think maybe Warren Joyce's inexperience will cost them. And I think Burton are doing absolutely fine. So I think they'll stay in. But yeah, we'll just quickly move into player watch now. Um, if you want to give a player that impressed and disappointed in your most re- uh, most recent fixture or, or the week at large, I mean we both had two, we all had two games. So if you want to talk about a, a player that impressed uh, across the week and a player that disappointed, that go for that. Uh, we'll start with you, Russ. Who who impressed and disappointed for Fulham this week? Okay, well I'll I'll, I'll just stick with the last match and I'll say um, two players stood out for me uh, when I watched the replay and listened to the match, and, and that would be Tom Kearney. Obviously, I, I understand why. Newcastle United were interested in Tom Kearney. He's a, he's an excellent player, uh, a player that, that I think Fulham need to build around, and I think that's what they're doing. So uh, I'm very happy with his progression. He's a, he's a great player. The surprise would be the play of David Button because he has been okay as a goalkeeper, but he played well in this match. So I, I want to give him a shout as, as, as a second. Uh, disappointment has to be Ryan Fredericks getting the red card. Uh, you know, it's funny because we were just talking about it when we were recording the show of Cottage Talk that uh, it's been coming because he's been acting up a little bit lately. And uh, this challenge was a reckless challenge. So for me, unfortunately, the player I'm down with right now is Ryan Fredericks, and uh, he's probably going to be suspended for three games. It's probably a good thing for him right now. Right. So for, for QPR um, over the past week, um, who impressed, well, mentioned him earlier. I, I've got a couple as well. I mentioned him earlier, um, Alex Smithies, but I don't want to give him too much attention in case he d- does decide to run away for a for a better club, which I don't it's going to happen. It's like when Les Ferdinand left. Um, that's, that's how good I think the guy is. Um, but I'd also like to single out Ryan Manning. He faded in the second half against Newcastle, um, but um, he, was, he was fantastic in his range of passing in the first half. Not quite at Shelby levels, but I mean, this is a guy that made his, made his first team debut kind of a month ago. Um, and who disappointed? Well, this, this goes back also to the Burton game, which was because, you know, if you think eight days, we've ha- uh, had three games. Um, and this is a bit controversial. It's Darnell Furlong. Um, he's been on loan. At, he's been on loan at Swindon. He's been at the club since he was, you know, <laughs> since he's about ten. And I think QPR fans want him to do well. I want him to do well. For me, I know you need to give him time and all of this. But for me, the jury is out on him. I might. I want to be completely proved wrong. But positionally, he's been out a lot, and he's had a fantastic right winger in Pavel Jolet helping him out a lot. I'm not hugely convinced at the moment but he is young and he might improve but uh i'm sure if any qpr fans listening you're probably throwing something at me but that was <laughs> that that that's that's my two pennies 
Yeah, for Newcastle, I, I, the people that disappointed this week, we spoke about Jose Perez earlier, so I won't go too much depth, but he, he was disappointed against QPR. Uh, he was okay yesterday, but still not great. Um, but the one for me yesterday, I, he's somebody that splits the fan base, and I've often I've been I've been supporting him for a long time, but I feel I'm slowly changing into the people that don't, and that is Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, when we signed him, I was very excited. Uh, he was a huge talent uh, in Europe, and I thought he was going to, be the striker that we've been lacking, somebody to hold the ball up and, and score goals. He, he was sort of, I mean, I've heard some Newcastle fans talk about him as a sheer mould. I think it's more the fact that the type of player he is rather than the quality. Uh, I would might like to add on that, but uh, he he's sort of a cult hero. And he's, but yesterday for me, he was awful. I, just everything, he, he just, his touch was so heavy. He wasn't going to like win headers in the air, which is basically what he's there to do. He's a target man. He wasn't even attempted to win them. There's just such a lack of effort from him. Uh, he missed a good chance. He looked a few pounds overweight as well. So it's all, all of it just added together. It just makes me think that it, it, maybe we should just move on and not try with him anymore because there's only so many chances a player can get. Um, I, I think he's got the talent. I think he, it's just maybe his mentality that's lacking a little bit. Of course, it's not nice to get relegated and then not even be the starting striker uh, in the in the championship I guess that's probably damaged his confidence a little, little bit but you know he, he needs to show more than he showed yesterday and I'm not too disappointed if he if he doesn't have a long-term future at the club I think we've got Gail and we there's other strikers out there that could come in and do a better job sometimes he's he's the new Kets buyer mate He's a new catch buyer. <laughs> catch buyer was all right. <laughs> I mean, he he still got a bit of that cult. Hero. I guess it's very similar sort of story with the, the cult hero sort of basis. But you know, he, yeah, he's he's there's people that defend him to the hill. And yesterday I'll say he got an assist and he looked okay, but he also did a lot of things wrong. He gave the ball away often. He he, he missed a massive chance that most I'd say any striker worth their salt would have scored that chance to, to put us 2-0 up so it's I mean I, he's definitely got something and I, I'm prepared to give him a chance but I'm slowly turning and I've, I've been quite a supporter for a while but yeah uh, I'll and for impressed I'd say I'd say yesterday uh, against QPR uh, Shelby looked good for the first uh, for, for a little bit but he wasn't quite the dominating the first 45 force. seconds he was excellent for those 45 seconds. But uh, yeah, Richie was Richie's probably been the standout across the week. He, I thought he was good against QPR. He was very good yesterday. And it's the player that we all thought we were going to get. He, he he had a bit of a, a sort of a, a spell where he wasn't doing too much each week. But now he's scoring goals. He's, his range of passing's coming into it. He's sort of helping the team uh, close out games where he didn't on Wednesday. That wasn't really a fault of his. Uh, yesterday he was excellent. And, and he's. I think he's he's... He's not. He's not going to be the most exciting player to watch. He doesn't beat a man. He's. He's not going to be somebody who dribbles like Anthony Knockout. But he's. He's excellent. He knows how to score goals, uh, and he. He's just. Yeah, he's just great to watch. In possession, he doesn't lose the ball. Uh, he's. Yeah, he's. He's excellent. He, he's probably been my standout of the week. Um, Kieran Clark yesterday was good. It was good to see him recover from uh, scoring that own goal because that can have an effect. But he, he was fine. He's been one of our better players this season, and he made a couple of great blocks yesterday. So yeah, they're, they're probably two that impressed uh, Clark more so for yesterday, but Richie across the whole week. But yeah, quickly before we wrap up, we'll go on to match previews for next week. Uh, we'll start with you, Russ. Fulham have got Wigan at home. How do you see this one going? Uh, they have to win this match. Uh, it's it's a massive match for them, you know, because again, we're, we have this six-point gap from six, but like you mentioned, um, the team that they really need to be targeting is Reading, so they need to get on a, a winning streak. That's why this this loss to uh, uh, to Birmingham City was uh, was so devastating because this run 
it was right there for them if Birmingham City were a part of it. And now they're not. So now they have to start over again. And it starts with Wigan because then they have that followed up a few days later playing putting Nottingham Forest. And then and then again, then they're on the road against Cardiff. And they've already beaten Cardiff in the cup on the road. So I feel good about that. The, the run was there. Uh, but, but again, it can start up again. And it starts with Wigan. It's a match that they should win at home. We become more dominant at home. And uh, I'm expecting three points here. QPR have got um, Huddersfield, um, which which is worrying. Uh, on a positive side, uh, we seem to be ha- be doing better against teams that are not near us. Um, so hopefully that will bode well. But over the past couple of seasons, under different guises and different teams, I've seen uh, Rajiv and the Para just tear QPR apart at Loftus Road. And I, I would love to not see a repeat of that. QPR got a bit more time to bedding the new sign-ins and we've shipped people out yet again. Um, it's one of those ones that, we, to be honest, we really need to get something. We need to get some points on the board just to keep on ticking over. But I'd be lying if I thought I could see us winning against Huddersfield, although they'll probably come out and hopefully try to have a go. And our kind of slightly, our our strange formation of playing a 4-3-3 when we've got the ball and then sort of a 5-3-2 when we don't, sort of does surprise people means that we can spring a surprise but it'll be Huddersfield a good team so I'm looking forward to watching them I just hope they don't play too well yeah and we, we Newcastle have got a trip to Wolves who beat us earlier in the season um it's a TV game and we've not done great in TV games recently which is a little bit of a worry uh but I'd say for, throughout the whole season we've sort of been better away from home than we have been at home um I don't have the stats in front of me right now, which I did plan to, but um, Dwight Gale is probably going to be back for this one. And him and Shelby haven't played, started for Newcastle in the same team uh, for, I think it's two months now. So uh, and f- I'm pretty sure that I think they've won every game that they started together bar one. Uh, I think that's that's a, that's true. It may, may not be completely true, but what I will say is Newcastle's record with both of them into the team is a lot better than it is with either one of them missing or without both. So the fact that we're going to have both of them in the team is, is, is bodes well for us and I we've got some tricky games coming up we we play most of the big team uh, most of the, sort of the top six away from home uh I'd say we're better away from home so I'm not too worried I, I think this one I, I'm gonna say we're gonna win I think Gail will come back Gail Gail is the best striker in this division by some distance I think I, I think he's just incredible I can't believe the Palace let him go he, he, I, I I said earlier uh, in the season on this podcast that I wasn't too sure if he could make that stuff up now I'm absolutely certain he can he's just he just has everything he can beat players he, he He's such a good finisher. I, I I think he's got everything. And having him back is massive. I think we'll win this one, and I think Gale will score. And it, you know, I think we're gonna maybe move a little bit clear of Brighton over the next few weeks. Uh, I know we play them at the end of this month, and that's gonna be huge. So it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, I'd say we'll beat Wolves. But um, with that, we're out of time. So if you want to tell people where they can reach you or anything you're involved in, now would be a good time. Okay, you can reach me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman or at the show page, which is Cottage Talk, and you can actually listen to the show on blogtalkradio.com slash Cottage Talk. You can listen to it on the TuneIn app. You can also listen to it on iTunes. There are several places where you can listen to this podcast. It's all about Foam Football Club. And you can get me at Jim E. Evans on Twitter, and I run We Are QPR TV, which is WQPR TV on Twitter and We Are QPR TV on YouTube. Um, they're the best places to find anything that I do, which is QPR related. Yeah, and you get my personal Twitter at Jack with two N's. I write for EPL Index and the Boot Room, so check both of them out. Um, 
yeah, I just want to say thanks again to James and Ross for coming on today and for all of you guys for listening. We hope you join us again soon.